The views expressed on the following program are designed to amplify those of the speaker and are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody! Coming up on today's experience, devotional diamonds of the day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show, which have nothing to do with life, but the Bible teaches there's a time to laugh, and this is as good as any. The review of the goofy news, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think. Take a look around. Hopefully, before this show's over, life lessons for our faith that we can actually use if we decide, hey, let's build our foundation on a rock and not on sand and be doers of the word. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? Because many things in life are very, very funny. Also, Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I will be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. Get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen, and we don't care. But for the next few minutes, I want to talk faith with you. So here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian. How about things that happen in your life that are beyond your control, and then you think that just seems like something the Lord should just come down and strike them with a sword? Have you ever felt that way? Yes, you have. Come on. And then you know, ultimately, you need to just go, Lord, I leave this in your hands. Know what I mean? Yeah, you do. If you have an opinion, a comment, a thought, or a question, don't let it die of loneliness, please. We want to hear your thoughts, your opinions, your your questions. We want to hear these things that are going on in your heart and mind. Now, it's not a kvetch fest, so it's not just a place to go, you know, that's not the goal. The goal is to encourage one another. Hebrews 3.13 and then Hebrews 10.13, as we encourage one another, as we see the day all the more approaching, and man, it is approaching faster and faster I would say anybody who's been a Christian for more than three weeks could recognize things are going downhill kind of fast around here, aren't they? Bottom line is if you need somebody to pray with you, we're here for you. If you need somewhere, a platform where you want to share some of the great things God has done in your life or is doing in your life, we're here for you. If you think you'll know Bible trivia, we'll get to that, but we will eventually be here for you. In the meantime, there's a couple of ways to get in touch with us. We've come up with a new way. It's taking sticks and beating them on a tree, and hopefully that that code gets to us. Okay, I'm not counting on that one, and if we do get that code, probably show's been over for about 1,000 years. The other part of it is you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. When you call, 
972-445-0770. You'll be talking to Captain Chris. Let me explain to you what that's like. That's like kind of May 30th where you find out you have a three-day weekend. Yay! And then you will be... I know we used that before, but I forgot about this three-day weekend that's coming up. And I thought, man, I better put that in there. Uh, additionally, if you want to reach out to us text-wise, 214-210-8483, 214-210-8483. Don't call that number. We're not going to answer that number. Don't call that number. It's text only, 214-210-8483. After the show. And later in the afternoon, you can call that number, but not during the show. That won't work. And then also you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. Again, not supercalifragilisticexpialidocious at hemustincrease.org, but david at hemustincrease.org. We're going to send you to the website. A couple of things to tell you about the website, which I think you guys know uh, what's going on. we got all of our counting fees put together for getting our – 2020 and 2021 information exactly perfectly the way it is and then we got the bill <gasps> and then we got the bill oh my so uh, our account is fantastic and needs to be paid but then we got the bill so i'm not going to stress this very much and i'm not going to stress on it i'm just going to stress it to you and then we got the bill. Wow. Uh, but that's what you got to do. You got to pay to make sure everything's lined up correctly. And if you don't know what you're doing, you need somebody who's an expert at it. <laughs> that's what we did. And everything's perfect. And then we got the bill. Uh, additionally, I want to remind you about the new video that's on there. If you saw it like two days ago and prior, it's not the same video, especially at the end. Okay. It's the same video except for the end. Okay, and you, you can just go right to the end. I don't care. It's fun. And uh, check that out. But again, don't forget the money. Don't forget the opportunity to give. Please check out hemustincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemustincrease.org. Praise report? Hemustincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemustincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemustincrease.org. Hemustincrease.org. <laughs> Did you extend that at all? Was that longer than normal? Really? All right. That's normal. All right. I'm starting to mellow out on the on the needing it to be longer and longer. That was pretty good, I got to say. Uh, before we get on with anything, we want to give a shout-out to Eric, who sent me a joke this afternoon, so I thought I'd just do it now because my joke probably won't be nearly as this funny. He says, do you know how to settle church disputes? Do you know how to settle church disputes? And then he wrote, with the canon. You see the canon, the canon of Scripture? See him. I didn't write it. <laughs> I didn't write it. <laughs> I'm just saying. I didn't write it. I did write him back and said I couldn't have writ, W-R-I-T, it any better. That was pretty good. <laughs> but uh, there you go. Uh, that's how we start the show off. Just deal with it. That's who we are. That's what we are. Let's get into the text. Oh, this is like the best. I could just teach this one section the rest of the week. We're not going to do that, but I could. I really want to, but I'm not going to. Psalm 19, 
And we're going to pick it up at verse uh, 5, but we're going to focus in on verse 7. Verse 5, which is like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoices like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of the heaven and its circuit to the other end, and nothing is hidden from its heat. It's making reference to the word of God being like the sun reaching out everywhere. Verse 7, the law of the Lord is perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect. Converting the soul. Now, the word convert in the Hebrew means to restore, to revive, to revitalize might be a great way to understand it. And the law of the Lord is perfect, complete, absolute. So I'm going to read something from somebody who's a thousand times smarter than I am, (laughs) which is not that hard to find. But this is... (laughs) This is, uh, this is from a very well-known scholar, and uh, I just want you to be aware of what it is. It's from Jack Hayford, by the way, who's a you know, triple doctorate, Ph.D., president, college thingy, all that stuff. Let me just read this. The complete trustworthiness of the Bible. This is something he wrote. The word of God, that the law of the Lord is perfect, is direct reference to the absolute, complete, and entire trustworthiness of the Holy Scripture, which constitutes the Bible. The word of God is perfect in its accuracy and sure in its dependability. Two terms are generally used to describe these features of God's word. One, inerrant, perfect, means that in the original copies of the original manuscript written by each Bible book's respective author, there was nothing mistaken or tinged with error, nothing. Further, the excellence of the Holy Spirit, uh, the Holy Spirit's protection of the Scripture over the centuries has ensured that the copies delivered into our hands from generations past are virtually at 99.9995% the same. That's pretty good. I'd like some people to tell me other documents that are like that, okay? Even literary critics who claim no faith in the truth of the Bible attest to it being the most completely reliable of any book transmitted from antiquity in terms of its actual remaining unchanged dependability. It is also infallible, and that refers to the fact that the Bible is unfailing as an absolutely trustworthy guide for our faith, our belief in God, and our practice, our life and behavior. So this is this is so because God is true and because his word reveals his truth and because God cannot lie. So this is somebody who writes way beyond my scope. Let's just be honest. I mean, this Jack Hayford's like, Bam! right? Okay. The understanding is, and we'll get into some of the depth of it uh, in probably the next segment, is that the law of the Lord is perfect, able to restore the soul. And when it says the law of the Lord here, it's not just referring to the Torah, but to all the writings of God. And so you have the law that's specific to the Torah, which is going to be more along the lines of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And then you have the law, which is the totality. That's what Jesus often referred to and everybody else often referred to when he said the law the prophets. So it's like the combination of it all. Here's the biggest thing about the word of God. This is the single biggest issue. Just settle this issue. This is the issue that Billy Graham settled before he became an evangelist. It's the issue you need to settle before anything else happens in your faith. Ready? Ready? Did God write the book? Yes or no? You have to settle that. There's no other place. When Billy Graham decided he wrote it, Then he started to understand it. You see, the way that God operates is you want to get it, you got to believe me. 
then I'll show it to you. Ah, that's why that's important. When we come back, we'll jump on the rest of this, plus we'll be praying for the audience. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Have you ever wanted to get involved with a ministry that promotes Jesus Christ as Lord, but just don't know how? Serving in ministry is a matter of devotion, time, and talent. Are you looking for a place to try and test the waters? Do you want to get involved? Come join the Ambassadors Initiative. Be an ambassador for the David Spoon Experience. It doesn't pay great. Actually, it doesn't pay anything. But the eternal benefits are out of this world. Be a representative. Why not? It couldn't hurt. Well, we hope not anyway. You don't need to be a professionally qualified minister. You need to have a pulse. By that, we mean you need to have a heart. Just go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Click on the three lines at the top right of the website and then click on the Ambassadors Initiative link. Fill out the form and we will reach out to you. Sorry. No parking tickets will be paid for you as an ambassador through this position. What is the David Spoon experience? John 7, 24, stop judging by mere appearance and make a right judgment. That's all. That's all good. For 1 Corinthians 6, 2, do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if you are to judge the world, are you not competent to judge trivial cases? You can't say Christians can't judge. They're commanded to. Here it is right here. Ready? Here's the bowling ball knocking down the pins. Every day as Christians, we have to judge what is appropriate, proper, healthy, and useful. Also, what people, what people we believe we should hang out with, trust, believe in, or let influence, we have to judge that on a regular basis. When you choose your church, you're using your judgment abilities. Bazinga. 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 I love that. Because listen, when you're choosing your church, you have to decide to pick one over another. Oh, here's the key. <laughs> you're going to hate me. Ready? Here it is. If we have no ability to judge, we can't vote. It's incredible, and it's never been done before. And you can be the first person in your neighborhood to win. What is it? It's a contest. How do I play? It's simple, and there's three ways to win. You can go to Facebook, type in David Spoon Media, and on any Facebook post, type in the word Jesus in the comment section, and it's free. You can also send an email to davidspoonmedia at gmail.com and write the word Jesus in the subject line. Or you can go to YouTube and give a comment on any video, but you have to use the word Jesus. This is your chance to win, and it's free. What do I win? You can win 100 thank yous right on air. It's incredible. It's unbelievable, but it's only for a limited time. Enter now. Here's a taste. Thank you for listening to the David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, where we're getting ready to do our very first trivia question. Uh, we're going to do this, and then we're going to pray for the audience. We have some very specific uh, physical needs that we want to pray for. 
Uh, and then we'll do our DNA probably later on in the show. Here you go. This shouldn't be that tough for most people. Matthew explains in his gospel that Jesus' conception was miraculous. Which Old Testament prophet does he quote in support of this? If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. Again, the question, making sure you get it, Matthew explains in his gospel that Jesus' conception was miraculous. Which Old Testament prophet does he quote? in support of this. In the meantime, I want to go right to prayer because we have some very specific needs. Now, Ace shared the other day, Brother Ace, that he's having some struggle of growth that uh, is cancerous. We just got a, a text yesterday afternoon. I got one from Kirk, who's a great friend, and he's going through some struggles with a lung, and he's got a spot on the lung, and we want to pray for him, and we know we need to pray for Susie, and we need to be praying for Deborah and for Mary and for Gary, and we've got people in our group that need a physical touch from God. And anything that you and I say or do, well, that's just fantastic, but what we need is God to do something. Because when he does something, it gets done, and then there's no questions about it. So that's what we're going to ask for. So let's just join our faith together. We also got to remember our dear sister, Joanne, who's got her surgery for her mouth coming up. That's another issue. Got a lot of people having a lot of things like that. So let's bring it before the Lord and ask for his help. First and foremost, Father, we come before you right now in the precious and powerful name of Jesus Christ. We own nothing, we have nothing, we are nothing. Everything that's good that we have exists because of you and is in you. And you are able to take a human body that has lost its ability to regenerate and restore it to full resurrection power. So nothing for the human body is beyond your capacity. You're able to take anybody and bring healing into their lives. And so we petition you. We ask you, of course we thank you first. And of course we surrender this to you. But we ask you to touch these people that we referenced. You know each and every one of them in their individual situations. You know what's going on with Kirk. You know what's going on with Ace. You know what's going on with Gary and Susie and Deborah. You know what's going on with Mary. You know what's going on with Gary. You know what's going on uh, even with Joanne and what she's got to go through and how that fear about going into that uh, situation feels and how you can bring great healing and great comfort to people. We don't know what else to do except for to turn our eyes to you. You are the answer. And we ask you to be gracious in this petition and touch these people physically in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So we want to be praying for the audience. You don't have to spend hours and hours well, you can, but you don't have to spend hours and hours praying. So let me just say it that way. We'll leave it there. Again, the trivia question. Matthew explains in his gospel that Jesus' conception was miraculous. Which Old Testament prophet does he quote in support of this? That's the question. If you think you know the answer, 972 445 
You can also text in 214-210-8483 or send an email david at hemustincrease.org. Let's go back to the text as this is so, so powerful, and I want to make sure we get to it. Here it is. We're in Psalm chapter 19, verse 7. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. We understand that word convert means restoring, uh, reviving, revitalizing would be a, a great way to understand the soul. And it's important to understand why that is crucial for us, okay? The word, when you, and, and, th- and I've mentioned it before, and I have no problem saying it again, and it happened this week, you know, th- what's today, Wednesday? So it happened Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, <laughs> so far, so far, this, and it happens all the time. I come before the Lord, this is just the truth, I come before the Lord, and I'm like, okay, I'm not happy about A, B, C, or D, but right now I have to set all that stuff aside. And I need to concentrate and focus on you and on what you have to say and on your word. And I need to understand what it is you want to communicate. I want to listen more clearly. I want to get it. So then I, I, I pray that prayer. I don't do it any fancy, schmancy, pantsy, anything. I just go, okay, there we go. And so then I open up the word of God. And sometimes I, right away I see something. Sometimes I read for a little while and then something jumps out or whatever the case may be. Inevitably, every time I exit from my time spent with God, there is something that happens to me by the power of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God in my life, and I get this, I don't want to say revive, because that would not be accurate, but maybe this this absolute inflection of, of hope or energy or confidence or trust or faith or whatever that might be at the moment that just lifts up my spirit. And it's because the breath of God is in that book, and all Scripture is God-breathed, 2 Timothy 3.16. And then Job 33.4 says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. So if the breath of God gives us life, and we're reading a book that has been written by the breath of God, guess what? You get life. You get life. You open up the book. And... Right? It's like it's some, it's something takes place. It's not because of the pages, and it's not because of the style Bible you have, and it's not the color of the Bible, or it's not the color of the pages, or the size of the print, or any of that. It's the Holy Spirit activating the breath of God into our lives as we read and process the Word. And it changes us. And what's amazing is the very next verse, see, because this is how smart God is. People just don't get it. The testimony of the Lord is sure. The statues of the Lord are right. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. So he goes on and he goes on for four verse, three verses, and he mentions about seven times, look, this is really what you need. I'm done. You need this. And the testimonies of the Lord are sure, whether they're written testimonies or whether they're reality of testimonies of God in our lives. And that's what Scripture, a lot of Scripture is. Scripture has a lot of commandment and law you know, in, embedded in it, but it also has a great deal more of testimony embedded in it. And those testimonies of so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that's not the law. That's the gospel. That's the good news. That's the testimony. That's four different perspectives on the life of Jesus Christ. And that's powerful, and that changes people. You read that, it's like, bam, wow. 
You read that part where Jesus, you know, speaks to speaks to Legion, and then the demons are like, "Oh, are you here to torment us before our time?" And you're like getting this picture, like, "Oh, the demons know what's going on, don't they?" <laughs> of course, they know what's going on. The only idiots around the planet are the humans. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I don't mean that everybody's an idiot. Oh, yes, I do. Everybody is an idiot, but that's not what I'm trying to, to communicate. What I'm trying to communicate is that that word gets us into that mindset, gets us into that awareness that this is. All it's all beyond what you're watching in the news. It's all be it's this election means this, this means this, this means this. In 300 years, none of that will mean a single thing. Period. It won't mean a thing. There'll be no value to any of it. it. Won't have any value whatsoever. But what God is doing, that's going into eternity. What God is doing in your life as a testimony, as He teaches you through His Word, that's going into eternity. Those encounters that you have with God where he reveals himself to you, that's going into eternity. The election results in a state not going into eternity. You see the difference there? (laughs) Here, you want to hear something really cool? You are the eternal work. And what God does in talking to you, remember, the word of the Lord endures forever. He pours his word into you. Guess what? You are going to endure forever. See, this is like this cool thing that God does. He breathes into us his, his, his anointing, his power, his truth, his spirit, and then forward we go. And so the, the big passion here in this whole text, the word of God is, and we've talked about it before, you know, it's likened unto bread. It's like you know, Jesus said, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I mean, that's the first thing Jesus said to Satan. It's like it's like the first thing. It's like, well, no, no, Jesus, you should use your Messiah powers so that you can turn these stones into bread because then you can eat and fill your tummy. Jesus is like, hey, hey, the word of God is how we fill our lives. It's just like, how is that not then the biggest thing in all of our lives? How, is that, how do we not all go, uh, da, ding, number one, okay, ding. Let's not go to number two until we do. It's like, come on. Get it? It's the word of God able to restore, to revive, to revitalize, to lift up, to strengthen, to encourage, to bless, to breathe wind, to give you energy, power, to give you the oomph that you need to keep going. It's breathed into that book. You want some of that? Spend some time in the word. The law of the Lord is perfect, able to restore the soul. Now, the trivia question that we need to answer is this. Matthew explains in his gospel that Jesus' conception was miraculous. Which Old Testament prophet does he quote in support of this? And the answer is Izzy or Isaiah. (laughs) Isaiah is the answer. He was the prophet that Matthew quoted. All right, we'll take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. Thanks a lot for all the blessing that you give me. Thanks a lot. This is from our good friend, Pastor Ray. He wrote this uh, wonderful devotional called, When Grace is Tangible. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, full of grace and truth. That's John chapter 1, verse 14. There is more to grace than I ever imagined. Now I'm going to stop you right there. 
So I was praying. Uh, this is in the last month, and I even wrote it down in my little journal how I believe the Lord had communicated to me personally that I do not understand the depth of God's grace. So then this devotion comes. I'm like, oh, I, I just know the Lord's trying to teach me more. All right, let me back it up to what Ray says. There is more uh, to grace than I ever imagined. We sing of amazing grace with the hope and longing that uh, inspires people of all faiths and walks of life. Theologically, grace is defined as unmerited favor, a good, sound concept. But there is something more tangible about grace, something we can picture in our minds. God once told Moses, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. Grace, as I discovered in the Hebrew language, is more than a favor granted in spite of our failings. When God says he will be gracious to whomever he chooses, he uses the word chanan, which adds a new layer of our understanding, because chanan means to show favor, mercy, to bend or to stoop in kindness. God is not only granting favor and mercy, but the word picture is of him bending down to us in kindness, like a father getting down on his knees to embrace his children. There's even more to this picture. The root of the word Hanan means to pitch a tent, to encamp, to abide, to dwell, to rest. There is more than God granting favor. He wants to dwell with us, to camp out with us. The God who is so very beyond us, not of this world, desires for his glory to abide with us and in us. God will be gracious to whomever he chooses, and he will come and live with them and dwell with them and camp out with them, whomever he chooses. And when it makes no sense to anybody else, it doesn't matter. Even if it doesn't meet our standard of approval. The Almighty Lord desires to dwell with us, not just rule over us, certainly not to start a religion, but to love us and live with us in a tangible, real way, to show us the way, the truth, and the life. The ultimate experience of God bending down, listen to this, the ultimate experience of God bending down, stooping down to the ground to dwell amongst us, is the incarnation of Jesus Christ. The David Spoon Experience.